I love change. Oh, my word, I love change. Me and Brittany have been in the process since we bought our house of changing each room. I love change. Change is amazing. We bought our house from an older couple. And if you know old people, they like to paint their houses very dark. It's almost like they're, they're like dungeoness people, like, welcome to my dungeon. Like that kind of thing. So we had, you know, our house was uh, a lot of browns. And, you know, we've come in and we like to paint things white. Because Jesus washed you white as snow. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no religious uh, correlation there, I promise. But I love change. And the reason that I love change is because I love to see the before and then I love, I'm obsessed with seeing the after. And, and, and I don't know about your house, but in my house, even the switches were tan. So I had to go get white switches so that they didn't stand out. And so we're redoing everything. I mean, you got to redo switches, the covers, everything. Now, in my house, we just paint over the outlets <laughs> and then just put a white cap on and say, you know, you're good. But, but, but here's the thing. Change is a process, there, there isn't just one day it looks like this and the next day it looks like that. There's a process that goes into that change. And so we as the power place, we are in the process of change. Now there was no amen there because a lot of you are like, what's next? <laughs> Pastor Greg next week is going to be lowered down by a winch. <laughs> the element of surprise. I love change. I'm obsessed with change. And so is God. My God is obsessed with change. He loves to take someone that is not worthy and make them worthy. He loves to take someone that is lost and make them found. He loves to take somebody that is blind and let them see. He loves to take the lame that say, I can never walk and make them walk again. He loves to take the dead and make them alive in Jesus' name. My God is a miracle working God and he can and he will. If you haven't seen the miracle yet, your miracle's in motion. Don't get lost in the fact that your miracle hasn't happened yet. Don't get lost in the fact that your miracle hasn't happened yet. It's just in motion. When you buy a house, you got to go through a process. You don't just walk in the first day and say, oh, I like this house. Where's the keys? No, you're going to have to sign some paperwork first, sir. There's going to be a process. We need to find out if you're eligible to buy this home. And then when we find that out, then you can have the keys on settlement day. That's the cool thing I love about God. He doesn't need a process like that. He just says, hey, son, hey, daughter, just, just ask for forgiveness and accept me into your heart. And immediately you get the keys. There should have been a bigger amen there because I know a lot of people in here have been lost that are now found. And you should know that the keys were waiting for you at the other side of your amen when you asked the Heavenly Father into your heart. There was immediate change there and God said, hey, here's the keys. Now you own the kingdom just as much as him and her. He's a good father and he cares. He cares. Billy Graham said, being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversation. It is a daily process whereby you grow to be more and more like Christ. 
It's a daily choice. What do you choose? What's your choice on a daily basis? Where do you want to be in a year? Are you taking the steps to get to your goal? Or have you just hoped and prayed that God's going to get you there somehow, some way? Because a plan without a strategy is planning to fail. If you want to end up somewhere, you're going to need to set up a strategy, some goals. I, I heard a someone, I'll say someone, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But this, co- this, this comment got me a little off kilter, but I heard someone say the other day, I don't like to set goals for myself because I know I won't reach them. And this is a man... <laughs> This is a man in leadership, pretty high position, and that was his, his, his statement to the congregation. And something in me did not sit right, because I thought to myself, you are leading me, and yet you can't set goals because you can't reach them? Are you crazy? And how many of us are in this room that you could agree with that person today? Says, ah, oh, I'm not a goal setter. Because if I set goals, I just can't reach them. God is saying today, set some goals and be, be, be tenacious to get to those goals. Don't let anybody hold you back. Let those goals be set on purpose to where you step into position. You say, hey, devil, you should have taken me while I was sleeping because now I'm awake and I'm at it. Y'all aren't awake yet. It's Okay. I thought what we just did got you awake, but we're good. We're going to wake you up here. Are you ready? Are you ready for the word? By your heads, close your eyes, Jesus. I pray that you would help us to receive today. I pray that you would help us to receive today everything that you have for us. With our receiving hearts, Lord, we are going to become better, greater, further in this race with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read from Ezekiel today. My title today is, It's Wake Up Time. Say that with me. Say, it's wake up time. Come on, say it with me. Say, it's wake up time. Come on, say it with me. Say, it's wake up time. Go ahead, open your eyes a little wider than what you normally open them. Don't look at your neighbor right now because that would freak them out. But go ahead and just say again. Say, it's wake up time. It's wake up time. I don't know if you're like me, but when I wake up in the morning, I I set my alarm. I don't really have to set it because I have like this internal clock that just wakes me up at 518 to 528 every day. It's like in that bracket. Um, but, but for you, I don't know if you're like me, whenever I do set an alarm, when that alarm goes off, I immediately sit up in bed and get out of bed and go to the bathroom, get ready, and I start my day. That's just how I roll. Now, I am married to someone that does not believe that same tradition. Uh, she's gotten really good. She wakes up a lot earlier now than what she used to. She's downstairs doing her devotions by like 630. I'm proud of her. And I love her because standards are in place. It's great. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Why, why do I jump up and start my day? It's, it's, it's something that is new, okay? I love, I love the fact that when my alarm goes off, it's like, hey, it's a new day. Now, there's a lot of people, <coughs> Landon, that, that don't like to wake up to, to alarms and have like 97 alarms set. There's different people for different things. And this is what I love. God never said everybody has to be the same. God said, do your lane and do your lane well. Did he call everybody to be pastors? No. 
But he said, do your job and do it well. He called everybody to be fishers of men. Doesn't matter what kind of title you have. He just called you to be fishers of men. And that's the God I serve. So whether you wake up later, yeah, that's good. Wake up later or earlier, it doesn't matter. Whenever you wake up, wake up with a purpose. Wake up with a purpose. When you wake up with a purpose, you tell the devil where to go. You tell the devil where to go. I was talking about it in a dream team meeting this morning. I don't know how you would react if a bad guy walked through your front door of your house. You walk around the corner, you see him standing there. I don't know your reaction. But my reaction probably wouldn't be, hey, you're not allowed to be in here. Now, why are you standing in my front door? You bad guy, you. Get out of here. That probably wouldn't be my reaction. I don't care if I was in my whitey tighties or my robe. I'm going to take this guy out. I'm going to rush him. I'm going to get a running start. And I'm going to yell some crazy words as I'm running at him. Maybe in uh, like uh, another language or something. And I'm going to pile drive this guy and say, you cannot be here. This is not your residence. Therefore, you have no grounds here to be here. This is my property, not yours. It was blessed to me, not you. Therefore, you are not welcome here. And in that same way, you should be talking to the devil. Oh, really? You think you got a place here? No, not in my house. Devil, you better be stepping because let me tell you, I am grounded in the word of God. And since I'm grounded in the word of God, I got power that nobody else has unless they have the word of God. Hey! Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Isn't it in here somewhere that this is your sword? So instead of grabbing my 12 gauge, I just grab my Bible and start beating them on the head. Why? Because I mean business. You can't enter my property. Every night before we go to sleep, we pray over the kids. God, I pray that you would put a hedge of protection, not only around this house, but around this property, that nothing could penetrate it. And when it does cross over, kill them. Why not? Why are you praying wiener prayers? What's the point? You're not doing anything for the kingdom. Oh, God, I pray that you would bring new life into 2018. Lord, you're doing it. I can feel it. No. God, Lord, we're, we're expecting. Lord, I pray that you would bring them in from the east and the west and the north and the south. God, we're believing for new life to be seen. God, I pray that sickness would have no, no way in my home. God, I pray that the devil, he thought he could have me, but he can't. In Jesus' name, I'm going to stand on some ground today. And you better be receiving because the word of God is going to be preached today in a new way. God's doing something in this house, people. Cheryl stands up because Cheryl, she, she, she's the one that would shoot you if you walked through the front door. That's why Cheryl just stood up. She's like, amen. I don't have to shoot anybody anymore. Cheryl, get a bigger Bible. Just whack them. The devil will only come where you let him. The devil will only come as far as you let him go. So where do you want him to get to in your life? Because you have the access. You have the access. Let's jump in here. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me. That's powerful. Once the hand of the Lord is on you, you just be, just be ready. Just be ready. And he brought me out by the Spirit 
of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. This is Ezekiel speaking. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know no more wavering, no more ifs. Oh, I wonder if. You will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Obedience. God tells us a lot of things that we don't end up doing. But when there's obedience, watch what happens. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land, your grave. Whoa, hey, hold on. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Come on, just give, give, give him some praise after that. That's, come on. Dry bones are a thing. I know. But they are a thing. People are walking around you today, all dried up, lifeless. Everywhere you walk, everywhere you go, there's people without life. People dried up. No hope. No future. Same old rituals, every day, wake up, go to work, come home, cook dinner, go to sleep, wake up, go to work, come home, go to sleep. No hope. But Ezekiel tuned his ear. What are you saying, Lord? Wait, what are you saying? Prophesy. But they're already dead. 
They're just bones. They're, they're just, it's just a pile of bones. Lord, you, come on, they're so far gone. Is there really any even hope for them? <laughs> come on, God, you know what they do every weekend. It's completely opposite than what I've ever done. So is there really any hope for them? God, I bet you they don't even pray. I mean, I know they don't go to church, so why would they pray? So do I really need to go after them? God, I'm safe. You know me. I come to church. I read my word. I pray over my food. I am good. I'm going to heaven. Please don't push me to be a fisher. Hey, Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones. Okay, God, what do you want me to prophesy? Speak life into them. But how? But, but how? How? They're just bones. And not, I love this part in the, in the scripture where it actually tells you the bones were very dry. Wanting you to know that they were almost brittle. That if you would walk them, they would crack underneath your feet. To give you the imagery that these bones are so far gone that they've been sitting there for year after year after year after year through hurt, through pain. No hope. But God says, hey, let's grow together. Let's grow in our perspective and our mentality. Let's look at things a little different. I like growth. I like to grow in wisdom. I can't really grow in size. It just doesn't happen. But I like to grow. So let's go ahead. God likes growth. Hey, Ezekiel, prophesy. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. There was a noise. Like when we were singing, there was a noise. There was a feeling. There was the Holy Spirit coming through this place. There was a noise of voices lifting high, singing his praise. Because when God is doing something, you can't stay silent. When God was putting the bones back together, you could hear them rattle and the tendons being grown. When God is doing something, you cannot be quiet. Maybe you're sitting here today and you came from the church of the chosen frozen. I'm so sorry. That is definitely not us. But I believe if you are willing to be frozen in church, then you will probably be frozen when God asks you to do something. So if you are willing to get uncomfortable in here, maybe, just maybe, God can get you uncomfortable out there. And God can use you in a way that he has not used you yet. And we are going to do some things that we've never done before. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Because even when there's life, sometimes there's no breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath. I love it. Just at the, the words of the Holy Spirit, the Heavenly Father saying, Come, breath. 
Winds, be still. Seas, settle. Bless you. Peace. Because at his word, there has to be obedience from the things he created. Now, this is, this is where we enter into free will. Just go ahead and say it. Say, I have free will. You've been wanting to say it all morning because you just want to get out of this place as fast as you possibly can. That was a joke. You were supposed to say, no, we're not. (laughs) Free will. Everyone has free will. You have free will. You have free will. And God gave you free will. How good is the Heavenly Father that he gave you free will? Whoa. I'm going to get on a cross and go through a gruesome death. And then I'm going to give everybody the option if they want to follow me or not. I'm going to bleed. I'm going to get whipped with a whip that has nails and glass and get my flesh torn off my body. I'm going to hang from nails on a cross as people mock me and shove all kinds of things in my face. Then after I get off, after God does his healing in me, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody free will. Hey, if you want to follow me, I promise you there's blessing in it. Hey, if you want to follow me, heaven is amazing. But you have free will. What love. He said, hey, I'm going to give you the choice. Because at the end of the day, I love you so much that I want you to choose me. Do you want to grow, son? Do you want to grow, daughter? Come follow me. I'll give you the choice. If you choose not to, that's on you. And please know if you do not, hell is not cool. But I'm going to give you the choice because that's how much I care. To you and to me, it just looks like a field of bones. But to God, it's a miracle in waiting. And that's what I love about God. Everything is a miracle in waiting for God. He looks at everything with different eyes than you and me. He doesn't look at things the same way. When you see, when you see money problems, God sees obedience problems. When you say, I don't have enough time, God says, you don't manage your time well enough. I have found out 
in my years of ministry that if I would put God first in the morning, he would, he would delegate my day better. So anybody that's sitting in the room that has had the excuse, I don't have enough time to read my word, I promise you if you will put it in first, God will lead and guide you to have a more structured day. Come back to me next week and tell me it doesn't work. I dare you. God's good. He's good. And God cares about you enough to give you some open eye moments. There's three, there's three things that I want to talk to you about to help, help you to understand. Three things that promise growth. Go ahead and say that with me. Three things that promise growth. They promise growth. If you will do these three things, they will promise growth. Number one, step away from distraction. Number one, step away from distraction. If you will step away from distraction, you will see what God is trying to show you. You got to step away from distraction. You ever been in a place that is just crazy and you finally step out and get in your car and you're like, oh, that was crazy. You know, that's a lot of the way that a lot of us live 100% of the time. And the only time we don't have distractions is when we crawl in bed at night. God is asking you to step away from distraction. Get away from those friends that never make you better, always keep you where you're at. Did you know if you surround yourself with better people, you will become better too? But that's a lot of our issue. A lot of our issue today is that we can hang around with wrong friends. And therefore, we never become better because they never push us. You know how many people I call on a weekly basis to make me better? Because I need people in my life that push me, that don't keep me where I'm at. I don't want to stay stagnant. I want to become better. Why do you think I watch sermons on the daily because I want to constantly be growing. I want to constantly be, be learning new things, new strategies, new ways. Why do you think a staff went to Elevation this week? Because we want to learn new processes, new ways, new ideas of how to win the lost. It's growing. It's growing. Step away from distraction. Number two, tune your ear to him. Ezekiel did this. He tuned his ear in. And when he tuned his ear in, he was able to hear his voice. Hey, Ezekiel, prophesy. Okay. 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 Tune your ear in. You got to tune into the Holy Spirit. When you tune into the Holy Spirit, you can hear things you've never heard before. And you can see things you've never seen before. And you can step into obedience. Tune your ear in. Number two. Number three. Step into obedience. Step into obedience. Tuning your ear in and stepping away from distraction will do nothing if you don't step into obedience. There has to be obedience. Uh, he was saying it this morning for healing. There has to be obedience to get the healing. You can't live like you want and then come in and expect God to just take away everything and heal you in the moment if you're not willing to get rid of everything you just did. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to step into obedience. God, I give you everything. Number one, step away from distraction. Number one, tune your ear into him. And number three, step into obedience.
you know, I chose this life. This, this life that I live right now, it's a choice that I've chosen to live. I had really good parents growing up, and they taught and trained on purpose. They had a lot of structures in place that showed the value of the Word of God, that showed the value of giving Him everything, that showed the value of obedience. I had some great parents that instilled some things in me that made me into the man that I am today. But, but, every day I wake up, I choose what life I want to live. You can sit here today and say, oh, I'll never have that blessing. I'll never get that. That's a choice. I choose to wake up and read my word because I choose wisdom over ignorance. I choose to be wise in my choices. I choose to make a few phone calls before I make a big decision. I choose wisdom so that I don't have regret. Some of you might say, well, that's easy for you because you're a pastor. No, 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 no. No, in the Word of God, it says those leaders will be set apart, but it says nothing about their life will be easier. That's the Word of God. You can argue with that. I just choose it. Do you want to choose it? Because if you want to choose it, there's going to be some really hard days that you're going to have to pile drive through. There's going to be some walls that get set up that you don't want to rush, but that you're going to have to. But you're going to need to let the enemy know over and over again, you cannot be here. This is not your grounds. And so therefore, I have structured my life around the living word of God so that I can fight with a tenacity, with a, with a, with a vengeance that says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Therefore, vengeance is mine says the Son of God. Amen. Yeah. 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 Stand with me all over the room. A lot of you walked in here today and your thought process I'm, your thought process is I'm too far gone God can't use me you don't know what I've done you don't know where I've been you don't know what I think I will challenge your thought today with with this the last time I checked you're still a seed and God's just waiting for you to plant yourself in good soil it doesn't matter where you've been because you can take that seed, you can take any seed, and I can put a seed in the refrigerator. And then I can take that same seed the next day and I can take that seed and I can put it in the cup holder of my car. And then after that, I can take it and I can put it underneath the front rug, my welcome rug out front of my door and I can put it underneath there and I can let it sit. 
And then I can take that same seed and I can take it down to the mailbox and I can put it in the mailbox. And then the next day I can get it out of the mailbox and I can take it up on my roof and I can tuck it underneath one of my shingles. And then the next day I can take that seed and I can take it to the bathtub and I can put it on top of the spigot. And then the next, you get where I'm going? Do anybody understand where I'm going? Then I can take the seed. I'm just gonna keep going because none of you shook your head. I can take the seed and I can go into my bed and I can tuck it in underneath my covers for the night. And then I can take that seed the next day and I can go downstairs and I can put it on the paper towel roll. But that seed is still a seed. And when I take that seed and I march out into my backyard and I take my shovel and I take out the soil and I put that seed that has been in so many locations that are not the locations for a seed. When I take that seed and I plant that seed in good soil, what's going to happen? That seed that has been all in the wrong places is going to bring life and prosper. And it's going to bring fruit. And I'm going to be able to pick it. Whatever I've planted, I'm going to be able to pick. Even though that seed has gone through so many different areas that are not that seed's destination, it is okay because I have finally chosen to put that seed in the right soil. Therefore, God can bring life from things that have been so many places. And today, He wants to do it in you. He wants to do it in you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how far you are off. God says, take that seed, plant that seed in good soil, and I will bring forth life in Jesus' name. Come on, every hand in this place, lift it up. Every hand in this place, just go ahead and receive right now. God is pouring out, and he wants you to receive. Go ahead. If you're a, if you're a seed that has been planting yourself in all the wrong places, God wants you to know today, if you plant in the right soil, he's got a blessing waiting for you on the other side. There is fruit that is coming out of your harvest in Jesus' name. Go ahead, receive it. Receive it right now.